Welcome to the Grace Harbor Church Sermon Podcast. Grace Harbor Church is located in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information, visit our website at ghokc.com. Our passage today is in 1 John chapter 4. Um, if, it's, if you're using one of those Bibles in the seat in front of you, it's on page 1023. We're going to start in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not, does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his perfect love is perfected in us. Amen. This is the reading of God's word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. God, we thank you for your love and, and the word that you give us and reminding us, God, and how you have manifested it out so we can see it. We can feel it, Father. So help us dive into this this morning, knowing the truth that it speaks, not just to our minds, but also to our hearts. And Lord, I pray that this truth will work its way out in our actions and our hands, Father. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, go ahead and be seated. Guys, thank you for standing while we read God's word today. Hey, if you don't have a Bible in front of you, we say this each week, it is our desire that you have the scripture, whether in your phone or a tablet or in an actual Bible. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one underneath your seat or in the seat in front of you. Um, like Courtney said, we are on page 1023, 1023. Hey, do something with me real quick. Raise your hand if you enjoy the concept of love. If you like to be loved. You love it? That's good. I love it too. I love it too. Who, who doesn't like to be loved? Who doesn't desire love, right? It's kind of a common thing throughout our culture, throughout the world, throughout time, that everybody actually desires to be loved. Uh, this passage that we're gonna look at today deals with that very subject. As we read, there's a lot of love language in this. Gideon is still raising his hand. He's all about love back there. Um, <laughs> This text today that we're looking into, this text is written, I believe, for the people of God. Uh, the context of whom John is speaking to are ones who have believed in the name of Jesus for eternal life. We see that at the end of this book. He's writing it so that people may know, people who have believed that they have eternal life. So he's speaking to believers here in this passage. So just to get a little bit of context of where we're at, he's speaking directly to those who have believed on the name of Jesus. This text applies for us today, and I believe, in the context of the local church, um, how we one another. We, we see one another a lot, and I believe what John is saying, and here the one another's all throughout the, the book of 1 John, and specifically where we're at today, is in the context of the local church, how we love one another, how we do these different things. In this specific passage today, he speaks truth into why and how we as brothers and sisters in Christ, the children of God should love one another. Are you with me? It, this is about us today, okay? This text is about us, not 
written specifically to us, but for us in the church today. And as we read this passage, do you, do you kind of get the feeling, if, if you didn't pay attention to it, um, but it, as we read this passage, do you kind of get the feeling that this might not be extremely applicable for us, Grace Harbor, right now? Do you, do you feel that a little bit? And here's what I mean. I think you guys love each other well. I think that we love one another very well in this church. I mean, who in here would say, I don't love my brother or sister that's sitting across the aisle from you right now? Don't raise your hand for that one, okay? We're not, we're not saying that. But I believe, hey, I've witnessed it. You guys love one another well. But what I, what I believe, John, and what God is really calling us to as we read this passage and as we apply it, what we are being called to here, and my hope Lord willing, is that our hearts would be more softened toward one another in love, that we would be encouraged to love one another in an even greater capacity and depth. We love one another, but what we're called to here is a greater love. And so I pray and I hope that in reading this and as we apply it in our lives and as we take it as the truth of God's word, that he speaks to us to grow us in this way, all right? I believe, ready for this? I believe that God desires for his people to have a greater love for one another because of the love he has for us. And that's what we're dealing with in this passage today. John calls us here to love one another because love is from God. And it's through knowing God that we love one another. So let's focus in on that. How do we actually know God. Let's, let's look at verse seven and eight again. John lays this right out, verse seven and eight. First John four, seven and eight, ready? Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So let's talk about this word know for just a second. Ready? Not N-O, K-N-O-W. You ready? No. What comes to mind when you think about the word no? What definition pops in your head when you think of the word no? I'm not sure what you think about, but when I generally think about the word no or knowledge, the concept of knowledge, it has to do with what I have learned either by like reading it or like through a podcast, what I've learned in school or you know, what someone has told me. I know it up here, right? I know it. That's generally and most commonly what we think about when we hear the word no. I learned it in school, I heard it in a podcast, read in a book. This, this kind of knowing is not what John is actually talking about here in verse seven and eight. It's the kind of love, it's the kind of knowing that we gain through experience. It's one of absolute assurance. It's a resolved knowledge gained through experiencing who God is. You know what I'm talking about? You know, that kind of knowledge, that, that kind of experiential knowledge when you've witnessed and experienced something firsthand? Hey, can I tell you, I, I learned in school and I've, I've learned by watching, you know, a lot of movies um, that the concept of zero gravity is, is something amazing, right? People going up into space and they're floating around. Like, I've, I've learned about this, like zero gravity. You know, that kind of feeling you get when you go down a roller coaster, but it's even greater out in space, like zero Gs. Zero gravity, floating in space. I've heard about this. I know about this, right? 
but I've never actually experienced it. Maybe with technology and the way things are going these days, we'll actually get to go into space, you know, um, if you've got $5 million to spend on it. Um, but I've never experienced it myself. Can I tell you what I have experienced and what I do believe I know? This may be, you know, a little bit opinionated, but I believe that I know what a good cup of coffee tastes like. Hey, my friends who know me well know that I love a good cup of coffee. I have experienced a lot of coffee in my short life. It is short, I'm young, trust me. Um, But I've experienced a lot of coffee in my days. I believe I know what a good cup of coffee tastes like. I believe I know what a bad cup of coffee tastes like too. But I believe I know what what a good cup of coffee tastes like because I have experienced coffee a lot. It's maybe a, a kind of a poor example, but what I'm getting after, do you know what I'm getting after here? Think about those things that you know, like I could do this thing with my eyes shut. I could recognize that thing just by its smell. I know this thing because I've experienced it over and over and over again. I know it well firsthand. I've experienced it. I know it. That deep knowledge, not just simply a head knowledge, but an intimate a personal knowledge, knowing the love of God personally, knowing it without a doubt because I've experienced it. And in knowing, and knowing love in this manner, we know who God is. This passage right here says, everybody should know this one, God is what? God is love. It's something that we've been taught all the way through Sunday school. Parents may have taught it to you. Hey, we know this, the definition. God is love. This is how we know God. God is the standard of love. Let's not get this confused, by the way. Let's not get this confused with love is God, where we can put any kind of definition to love and it becomes God, right? No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about who God is is. God is love. It's in his very fabric. It's in his nature. It's who he is. It's his default position. In our sermon cohort this week, Jordan, Jordan Moore was like, hey, can we just like sit in that for a little bit? God is love. It's who he is. And we know God because of who he is. He is love. And John goes on to say that the proof of our actually knowing God is loving one another. When the love of God is made known to us, intimately experienced, knowing God and love, because God is love, the outflow of that is love for one another. Let's look at verse eight again real quick. Man, look at this. Anyone who does not love does not know God. That's a pretty bold statement, wouldn't you say? Anyone who does not love does not know God. He's saying that if we do know God, if we do know love, if we've experienced it, then there is no option but to love not that, it's necessarily, not, not that it necessarily removes our ability to choose love, but that love leaves us so deeply changed that it motivates us and it moves us in our desire to love one another. This is a deep change that God gives us, a change of heart. 
When you experience the love of God, there's something so powerful, so ground-shaking, so deep within us changing that we have no other option because it is, now beca- it is now a part of us. It now works in us and through us that the outflow of it is love for one another. If we know God, people, children of God, beloved by God, if you have experienced love of God, then you will love one another. It's just how it works. This is how the love of God, this is how God works within us. Check out John's logic here. He says, God is love. And in verse seven, he says, you are born of God. So John's logic is, if God is love and we are born of God, well, then the natural logic is we are people who love as God does, right? How many of you are the spitting image of your parents? Maybe in looks or how you act, right? When we are born of God, our natural state should be love because we are now children of God. John refers to us, people of God, over and over and over again in this book. Go read it as the children of God, beloved by him. We are his, and now we love as he loves. This is the natural outflow of who we are as the people of God. And to better understand this, to better understand what kind of love God has shown to us, John explains how it's made visible to us. God's love is made visible to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Check this out, verse nine, you ready? In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. The evidence of God's love is seen and experienced through Jesus Christ. This is how God's love is made visible to us. Jesus, the son of God, coming to us. Jesus coming to die for us so that we might live. Can I say that again? Jesus coming to us from heaven to die for us so that we might live in him. How many times have you heard that, people of God? It's amazing, right? Is it something, though, that we hear over and over again that it starts to become just another story in the Bible? Can I encourage you and challenge you today to return to remembering this truth that has changed your life, that has raised you up from the dead, that now allows you to walk in new life in Jesus? This is not just some fairy tale, some story. This is the power of the gospel to change us. Remember and still believe this, that Jesus Christ, the son of God, came to die for you, for you. He came to die for you. He left his rightful place in heaven. He made himself a servant among us. He lived a life in the flesh, not gratifying sinful temptation so that he could be made a perfect sacrifice on your behalf. Do you remember this? Do you still believe this? Do you still know this? How he defeated death so that you can walk new in him in life? What kind of love is this? That someone would lay down their life for us. Are you still awakened to that?
Is that still fresh in you? Are you still walking in that? Do you still believe that? Are you walking in it today? Hey, the manifestation, the sacrificial, grace-filled, redeeming love of God for us is founded in one thing, and that's the person of God himself. God is love. John says this. John says that Jesus is our propitiation, our atonement, redeeming us and binding us to the love of the Father, doing what we could not do so that we may be brought close to the love of God and to fully know him again. The love of Jesus makes this visible for us. It is the manifestation of God's love that he has for us. This is the gospel. Believe it. Let it soak in once again. The love of Jesus made visible who God is. He is love. And because God is love, you ready? Because God is love, and because Jesus has shown his love to us in this way, he demonstrated to us that we are in his eyes worthy of love. Through the work, through the person of Jesus coming to die for us, God showed us that we are worthy in his eyes to to be loved. Not because of anything, again, not because of anything that we've done, not by our own merit, not that we have loved him first, because we haven't. In fact, the, the rational outcome of what we've done for God should be revenge or wrath, right? Rather, God chose to see us worthy in his eyes, worthy to be loved by him, worthy to give his son for us. This is the love of the Father for us. And it's made visible through Jesus. So now, ready? So now we bring it back to our response. What's the, what's the thing that John starts out with here? Hey, beloved, you are to love one another. This is our calling as believers. If God so loved us, you ready? If God so loved us that he would send his son to see us worthy of love, we also ought to love one another. It is our debt to God Although we could never fulfill it to the greatest degree, it is something we ought to do to love one another because here's one more truth John lays out for us. Ready? John lays this out for us. God and his love are made visible through our love for one another. Did you catch that? Say it again, ready? God and his love are made visible when we love one another. Remember the context? We're talking about the church here. I'm not saying that you shouldn't love people outside the church, but in here right now, this is the context of the church. God and his love are made visible when we love one another in a deep and meaningful way that God has given us. Let's read verse 11 and 12 together again. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. You know, I love this picture of abiding. Do you know what abiding means? This picture that, that John gives us, again, it's seen all throughout 1 John. Go read it. But it's another picture that John actually stole from Jesus, you know. His disciples seem to do that. They copy what he does. He took this picture from Jesus in John 15 when Jesus talks about being the vine and how we as people are the branches. 
actually says this, John 15, five. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. This is Jesus talking. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Hey, children of God, if I can address you that way as John does, children of God, and truly knowing and experiencing God and his love, knowing, knowing, experiencing God's love, he now abides in us. Think of that picture, the, the vine and the branch. This is not two separate things. This is something connected here together. Abiding, living in, working in, working through us. The love of God that he has given us now abides within us. Because of God's love for me and because of God's love for you, we are to have the same love for one another. God and his love, as we, as we saw earlier, are manifested in Jesus, the person and the works of Jesus. But now, John says, now that you have this love within you, and now it's his people, now since he abides in you, his love should be manifested in us. Did you catch that? Now that we have the love of God that he has shown to us and we've experienced it, the same love that God gave Jesus to give to us, to die for us so that we may live, that same love abides in us and now we work out as a manifestation of that love. We, church, have the weight and the responsibility to love as Jesus loved because this is how God's love and God is known among us. That's pretty weighty, right? That's, that that, that kind of sits kind of heavy with me, to love one another in the way that Jesus loved so that we can know God better. John says that, hey, catch this. John says that no one's ever really seen God fully, okay, fully. This is his claim that he's making. You know what? No one's ever really seen God fully. I don't, I've not seen God in person in the flesh. But what John says here is that when we love one another, when the love of God abides in us and works out through us in loving one another, this is when Jesus is seen. This is how God is seen. It is how God's love is perfected in us when we love one another. It's how God's love grows within us, how it matures within us and among us when we love one another with this love. Again, you guys are doing this well, but can we do it in a deeper way? Can we love more deeply the way that Jesus loves? What exactly does this mean? What does it look like? How in the world am I supposed to love you the same way that God sent Jesus to love me? How is this actually supposed to work out in our lives? Is it a kind word of encouragement? Is it, is, it, is it just you know, a tap on the back on Sunday mornings? Is it, is it bearing with one another and just listening on a, on a Wednesday, Tuesday, or Thursday night at your CG? Yeah, maybe, sometimes. Yeah, that's actually one way that, that love manifests its way, but it's more than that. It's more than that. What I believe John is trying to help us understand here in this weight and responsibility and this kind of love actually brings I believe he is telling us to love 
in the same way that God has loved us. And we look to Jesus as our perfect example in this. We look to Jesus who manifested his love in the flesh towards us to become the manifestation of God's love towards one another. So here's, here's, just, a, here's just a simple thing, list of things that took me five minutes to think of. There's far more of things that we can look to Jesus and how to love one another. Here's how we flesh this out a little bit. You ready? Hey, Jesus was and is patient with us. Are we patient with one another? Jesus is full of grace for us. Do we show true grace to one another? Jesus served us. Are we serving one another? Jesus humbled himself for us. Are we laying down our pride for one another? That may be a tough one for for me sometimes. Jesus laid down his rights for us. Think about that. Jesus laid down his rights for us. Are we laying down ours? Jesus showed us mercy. Are we showing the same level of mercy to one another? Jesus prayed for us. Man, that's good, right? Jesus prayed. Jesus still does pray for us. Are we faithfully praying for one another? Jesus listens to us. We have that promise, right? Jesus listens to us. Hey, do we take time to just sit and listen to one another? Again, some of these answers are in the affirmative. I think we do. I think you do have witnessed it. And I'm thankful for it. Hey, Jesus being quick, listen to this one. Jesus being offended was quick to forgive. Can we say the same when we're quick, when we're, when we're offended by one another? Are we quick to forgive in our hearts and in our minds? Jesus gave everything he had for us. You know, like I said, this list could go on and on. When you read throughout the gospels, you see the character and the person of Jesus. Ultimately, Jesus laid down his life for us, and we are called to do the same. As children of God, we carry the love of Jesus, and in that, we carry the life-changing gospel of Jesus so that when we do love one another, We show one another who Jesus is. We build one another up. We love one another in the same way that Jesus has. We proclaim the goodness of God and his sacrifice when we love in deed and in truth. When we do for one another in the truth of the gospel, not just in speech, which is good, but when we actually do for one another. This is how it works out within us. When my brother or sisters hurt me, how am I quickly, how am I quickly responding to that in love? In my free time, do I do I pray for a desire to love my brother or sister here in the church better? And how to show that to one another? Am I taking time out of what God's given me in my schedule for the day? We only have 24 hours, right? Am I taking time to, to build up the church in this way? To love. So what does this look like practically for you? I'm not gonna give you a whole list of things to do, you know, like wash my car or buy me lunch or just kidding. You don't have to do any of this. Um, it's nice, uh, but that's not, that's not what I'm saying here. Hey, what does this look like for you? Practically, day to day. I think it's easy sometimes to say, yeah, I, man, I'd die for you. 
But what does it look like when you wake up in the morning? What does it look like throughout your day? What does it look like on Sunday morning? What does it look like in your CG from week to week, your community group? What does it look like for you practically? Are you seeking the Lord in this? Are you seeking out his spirit? Are you, are you seeking him in prayer? Are you looking to his word? This is how we abide in him and him in us when we seek after him. And the promise is that the love that God has given us will work its way out through us to love one another. And this is how we see God. This is how God is made visible to us when we love one another. And people, this is our hope as a church that the love that we see in here and the love that is, that is growing in here would then be a testament to the people outside of the walls, outside of the church body. Hey, this is how they know that we are followers of Jesus. It's how we love one another. So let's do it well. Let's stay connected to the vine. Let's abide in him. Let's love one another. Let's outdo one another in love. Thinking about how I can better serve and love my brother or sister in here. Guys, I love you. Can I say that? I love you. I believe it. Again, I witness it. I see it. But it's my desire and, and my hope. I believe that the will of God that we should love one another well, even deeper and mature in that. We've not arrived. We will not arrive, but we continue growing in this through the maturation of God's love in us as we show it to one another. So let's do the work, amen? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Again, God, you, you do the work in this. God, we are your tools. We are your children. God, you have loved us first, not that we have loved you. You have loved us first, and we are so thankful for that. So Father, would you not just help us? I, I, God, I find myself saying help a lot, but God, would you do the work in me? Would you do the work in us to love one another well, to not fall into pride, but God, would you humble us to be able to love one another in a way that is life-changing? God, the love that you've given us in Jesus is the gospel and the truth that has the power to change lives forever, for eternity. And we carry that, Father. We thank you for that. So, Father, help us not waste it. Help us not to squander, but help us to live in your spirit and to work out in truth and indeed, God, the power that, you've working, that you're working within us. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name.